0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. The Vegas Golden Knights may be Stanley Cup champions, and the Denver Nuggets may be kings of the basketball world. That doesn't mean there aren't dozens of props, odds, promos, and parlays available for you right now at BetOnline Sportsbook. Use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, with the link in the description to this episode, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first bet. Whether it's baseball, MMA, Boxing, WNBA, golf, or anything in between, a 50% welcome bonus is available for you. Bet online where the game starts. Good. on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is a fantabulous Thursday, June 22nd here on the Take It Easy Podcast. 2023, tomorrow, our four-year anniversary of the take it easy podcast welcome in everybody i hope you all are having a fantabulous day it's nba draft day which i know it's not lottery day but we made an entire theme song for the nba draft lottery this feels like a good time to bring back that theme song It's the most wonderful day of the year. There'll be ping pong balls falling, the lottery's calling to fill us with cheer. It's the most wonderful day of the year. It's the half happiest day of them all. Spurs and Pistons and Blazers, Jazz Wizards and Pacers hope to hear names called. It's the happiest day of the year. Teams have lied about tanking, except Houston's drunk ravings. For Tita says, pray for Wemby. Mavericks tanking with Luca, they're smoking that hookah. They need a pick in the top ten. It's the most wonderful day of the year. If the numbers are matching, your team will be drafting a star for seven years. On the most wonderful day of the year. Go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks. Right for Victor. Yes, today is the day that teams have been preparing for for months, some cases years, depending on how long you've been tanking. Today is the NBA draft to change all NBA drafts. and It sounds like people are really interested in this NBA draft because big name NBA players are available. Bradley Beal already got traded to the Phoenix Suns, which is kind of unrelated to the draft because they didn't really get any compensation other than a second round pick in this year's draft. And we have Damian Lillard potentially available for trade. We have Zion Williamson potentially available for trade. Who is going to get Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller or Amon Thompson? Nobody knows because there might be trades in the top four. Paul George is reportedly available now, according to Mark Stein. By the time you're listening to this podcast, a couple of those players or one of those players or zero of those players may have been traded. It's entirely plausible. There's a lot of moving pieces going on and I'm sure there will be smaller trades leading up to the draft and probably during the draft as well where a couple of players are going to change teams as people don't have a strong free agent class this year and a lot of teams don't have financial flexibility because the salary cap hasn't gone up post-pandemic significantly but there's a television contract coming in the next two or three years that should blow up the salary caps and give teams more financial flexibility All of that is in play for this NBA draft, and we are waiting to see who gets traded, who doesn't. And I'm sure there's going to be a flurry of moves because not everyone's going to be bidding $20 million on Kyle Kuzma as the premier free agent going into this NBA free agency in about no, in eight days, because June 30th is when the free agency kicks off. One name that I thought has been interesting that hasn't been circled around the Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, Damian Lillard, Zion Williamson, now Paul George, every team contemplating the possibility of getting those players. But one of the names that I think is interesting that hasn't been considered here is Trey Young. Because remember when the Atlanta Hawks were putting all options on the table because the owner of the Hawks and their children forced the DeJounte Murray trade through and Travis Schlenke, the general manager of the Warriors, who was the architect behind Warriors South, which was Trey Young was going to be the next Steph Curry and Clay Thompson was going to be the next, uh, sorry, Kevin Herter was going to be the next Clay Thompson. And... Obviously, that hasn't lasted. They traded Kevin Herter for a first-round pick. They gave up three first-round picks and a pick swap to get DeJounte Murray, and the Atlanta Hawks are aggressively trying to avoid luxury tax penalties, and the Hawks are one of the two names that's connected to Carl Anthony Towns as a possible trade. But the Timberwolves aren't looking to trade Carl Anthony Towns. There's talks that Pascal Siakam could be available for trade, and Atlanta would try and get in that game by flipping, say, John Collins and DeAndre Hunter to try and make that trade come true, but keeping the Trey Young and DeJounte Murray duo intact. it's just It's been really interesting to see how the Atlanta Hawks have kind of made a 180-degree flip on this, and their, their strategy is... We can put a more competent team around Trey Young and that is going to be how we're going to compete. And I thought that was really interesting because when Trey Young was one of the 10 best players in the NBA, made all NBA second team in 2021, when Tra- and the Hawks won a playoff series against the New York Knicks where he was the villain of New York who carried them over a team that clearly wasn't good enough to be the number four seed, uh... Sorry, Trey Young made All-NBA third team. And that season, the Atlanta Hawks were in a precarious position where they had not hit on their draft picks during their rebuild, other than Trey Young, didn't surround him with other young talent, and so they spent all their financial flexibility they had on some mid-level players. Like, in one offseason, they signed... Bogdan Bogdanovich, they signed Danilo Gallinari, they signed, or they traded for Clint Capella, and they signed Chris Dunn. They drafted Aneka Okongwu with a lottery pick they had. But they have not given a, Trey Young has never played with a second All-Star, and Trey Young has never played with, Trey Young has never played with a second All-Star, and Trey Young has never played with an all-defensive team player in his Atlanta Hawk career. And Trey Young has been an Atlanta Hawk now for, if i um counting correctly, six seasons now. Let's see, 19, 20, 21, two, five seasons. He's going into his sixth season with the Atlanta Hawks, and he has never played with another all-star teammate. I know DeJounte Murray made an all-star in the past, but DeJounte Murray didn't make an all-star team this year. So, like, in a season that Trey Young has played with a teammate... And Atlanta keeps trying again and again and again to surround Trey Young with talent. And this is just the ramifications of wasting value on draft picks. The Atlanta Hawks, if I'm thinking back correctly, they drafted John Collins and Torian Prince when they were tearing down the team that um, eight years ago made it to the conference finals, had the best record in the East, and lost to the... Cleveland Cavaliers, the first LeBron James team that ended up losing in the finals to the Warriors the first time when, when Durant wasn't there. That They tore down that team. They traded Jeff Teague for Torian Prince, so the draft pick that became Torian Prince. They drafted DeAndre Bembry, and then a year later took John Collins. And then in 2018, they took Trey Young and uh, Kevin Herter in the same draft class. And those picks didn't turn into great players. And granted, none of those players were picked higher than 19. John Collins was picked 19. Kevin Herter was picked 19. DeAndre Bembry was picked 19. But none of those players turned into great basketball players. They're NBA caliber players, but they were just dudes. Three years worth of drafts in a rebuild and they got Trey Young and a bunch of dudes. Look, I'm here in Sacramento. I love me some Kevin Herter. I've also seen Kevin Herter put in every single trade package for Bradley Beal or for uh, Paul George or for OG and Yeah, Kevin Herter is clearly available for trade and like the fifth best player on the Sacramento Kings. And look, maybe they made a mistake giving up Kevin Herter for a protected first round pick. Maybe that's the, the conclusion we'll have is that they undersold on Kevin Herter at the end. And even though he was the... Best player they drafted outside of Trey Young during their rebuild. Maybe we'll look back on it and say, yes, they messed up by getting rid of Kevin Herter too soon. Maybe that'll be the conclusion. But they didn't hit on John Collins. They didn't hit on DeAndre Bembry. They didn't hit on Torian Prince. And they did not hit on Kevin Herter in terms of generating a second all-star teammate for Trey Young. And so then they tried trading up in the draft. They had two top 10 picks in 2019 because they got one for trading down with Dallas. So Dallas could pick Luka Doncic. And they had their pick in the 2019 draft and they traded up to get DeAndre Hunter. And with the 10th pick in the draft, they took Cam Reddish, which I know Cam Reddish is still in the NBA, but that's looking like a bust of a top 10 pick. And DeAndre Hunter is a very good very good player. Might be the third best player on the Hawks right now, might be the fourth best player on the Hawks. But they took him with the 4th pick in the NBA draft. That pick was wasted value because they had to trade up to get DeAndre Hunter, and then DeAndre Hunter has never made an All-Star team in his first 4 seasons in the NBA. And while he got an extension with the Atlanta Hawks, it was not an extension they were hoping when they took him with the 4th pick. In the NBA draft. And then, by the way, the following year, they took Oneka Okongwu and then signed a whole bunch of free agents because they missed on a bunch of draft picks. Then they decided okay, the young players aren't doing it. Let's trade for Clint Capella. Let's sign Bogdanovich. Let's sign Danilo Gallinari. Let's sign Chris Dunn because we just got to find a way to put talent around Trey Young. And now they're dealing with the ramifications of not being able to surround Trey Young with top level talent which is they had to overpay for Dejounte Murray giving up Gallinari three per, three unprotected first round picks and a pick swap in the future. And then they got a first round pick for back for Kevin Herder but they basically gave up a young player, one of those guys they signed to try and surround Trae Young with talent, which by the way worked out. Gallinari was on the team that went to the conference finals. That team you could look back on and say it was a successful single season, even if it was not a sustainable run for the Atlanta Hawks. Because now the Atlanta Hawks have been, since they beat the 76ers in that playoff where the Sixers had a 1 in 778 chance of losing that series. And if you want to know how we calculated that, it was the probabilities of them losing with a 24-point lead in Game 4, a 25-point lead in Game 2. Two, I want to say, and a ten-point quarter lead in Game 7 with the 76ers. It's one of the great playoff collapses of all time, was them losing to a clearly less good Atlanta Hawks team. And after that, like a hugely successful season after that, they made no adjustments to a team that probably should have lost in the second round of the playoffs. It's one, either the fourth or fifth best team during the season that they made it to the conference finals in the East. They made no changes. And in 2022, the Miami Heat passed them. The Boston Celtics got healthy and passed them. The Cleveland Cavaliers passed them and then traded for Donovan Mitchell. And all of a sudden they were the seventh or eighth best team in the Eastern Conference. And then this year they came back with DeJounte Murray instead of Gallinari, Kevin Herter, and three first round picks. And They, again, were the seven seed who, by the way, gave the Celtics a run for their money. They went to six games. Trey Young hit a buzzer beater, or not a buzzer beater, a game winner with two seconds left from the Lucky Charms logo on the Celtics court. Like, they gave the Celtics a run for their money. They were just a first-round exit team. And the Hawks are trying to look at how can we get better than the Cavaliers? How can we get better than the Boston Celtics, how can we get better than the 76ers? How can we get better than the Miami Heat? And because they squandered so much value on those draft picks, and because they boxed themselves in in terms of financial flexibility, they have some financial flexibility, but they traded for DeJounte Murray, who made more than Danilio Gallinari, and Trey Young has a Supermax extension, and Bogdanovich is making $20 million a year, and Clint Capella is making $20 million a year, which, granted, you can move those contracts around, but because they traded all those future draft picks, there is no trade the Atlanta Hawks can make that will make them a contender in the Eastern Conference. And the reason there's no trade the Atlanta Hawks can make that will make them a contender in the East is... Any trade they make will result in Trey Young still being the best player on that team. And so I'm surprised that they aren't considering trading Trey Young more. Maybe they already touched on that possibility earlier. Maybe they kind of gauged the market and they would be selling low on Trey Young. Or they still believe that Trey Young can be the best player on a contender in the Eastern Conference, which is not totally unreasonable. Not completely, completely unreasonable to think that Trey Young could be the best player on a team that contends in the Eastern Conference. Trey Young is 25 years old when next season starts, just entering his physical prime, but they're going to have to do better than what they have given Trey Young in order to build a championship caliber team around Trey Young. And I would have thought they would have contemplated more possibilities that Trey Young could be available, especially given that Zion Williamson is available for trade. Especially given that they can't trade their future draft picks because they are unprotected with the Phil- with the San Antonio Spurs. Like they lose those draft picks no matter what with San Antonio, they do not get the they don't get those draft picks back. Like they don't have to do what the Rockets did, where the Rockets. Uh, The Rockets ended up tanking the last three seasons Because they needed to save those protections In the Russell Westbrook trade Like the Atlanta Hawks Are in a very different position there Where their 2025 pick To the Spurs unprotected Their 2026 pick swap There's a chance they finish worse than the Spurs And they can't get a top top draft pick The Spurs are playing to have Wemby So that changes the game there Their 2027 first round pick totally unprotected Like, they have to make some difficult decisions when it comes to their future draft picks here because they gave up three first round draft picks worth of value in order to trade for DeJounte Murray. And they're going to have to, and they gave up their first round pick last year. So I think they've already used that draft pick. So they've got two future unprotected picks available at the San Antonio Spurs disposal. And they do not have an all-star teammate for Trey Young. And by the way, trading for Carl Anthony Towns or trading for Pascal Siakam probably wouldn't be getting a future all-star teammate for Trey Young because Trey Young is still the cog in the machine for that offense. And unless Pascal Siakam is going to go into Quinn Snyder's offense and transform his game to being a consistent all-NBA player instead of when he was the number one on the... Toronto Raptors, he made two All-NBA teams, and when he was the number two on the Toronto Raptors, or number three, depending on how you felt about Kyle Lowry, they won a championship and he won Most Improved Player, but he wasn't an All-NBA caliber player until he became the number one on the Toronto Raptors the last three seasons, or really four seasons now. And unless Pascal Siakam's game has evolved to where he can be a number two and be an All-Star teammate, like, I don't know if a team with Trey Young as their best player can contend for a championship and or not contend for a championship. Just be one of the four best teams in the Eastern Conference. Like, under the best of circumstances before, they were barely a top four team in the Eastern Conference with Trey Young, and now Donovan Mitchell is in the Eastern Conference, and you know, maybe Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell could have a head-to-head playoff series that would be really entertaining as like a a four seed versus a five-seed. In the Eastern Conference, or maybe the the New York Knicks with Jalen Brunson, are in a better position. But again, like Jalen Brunson and Trey Young were comparable players last season, both of them fringe All Stars, both of them undersized point guards, in which the offense ran through them, getting twenty eight percent of the shots and them assisting or scoring on over forty percent of the plays. Like Jalen Brunson and Trey Young are very similar comps at this stage of their careers. And Jalen Brunson, I think, is a little bit older than Trey Young, so perhaps there's a higher ceiling on what Brunson's going to be able to do. But both are undersized point guards. Both are in their uh, prime, entering the primes of their career. Uh, Jalen Brunson's two years older than Trey Young, but at this stage of their careers, both of their skill sets are very comparable. And we talked about this with the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks' best path forward is to turn that offense over to Trey Young and R.J. Barrett and Josh Hart as their three best players and see what they can get for Julius Randle because Randle doesn't work in an offense predicated around Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett's skill set. But when we were talking about the New York Knicks, we were talking about preventing them from falling off the table and and being a play-in team or missing the playoffs next year. Like the difference, the Knicks and the Hawks are very similar teams in that their teams are built around undersized point guards and... There's there's so much of a ceiling they can reach because they've squandered their draft picks during a rebuild. Like, the New York Knicks have really good draft picks that they made. Like, Quickly's a very good player. Grimes is a very good player, one of the best corner three-point shooters in the NBA. But they're just dudes. Like, they didn't hit on a future star with any of their draft picks. And while R.J. Barrett, again, same draft class as DeAndre Hunter... R.J. Barrett was picked one pick before DeAndre Hunter and the Knicks made the right pick to pick R.J. Barrett ahead of DeAndre Hunter their careers have had very similar trajectories so far and DeAndre Hunter ended up signing on his extension I believe he had a I want to say 72 no 90 million dollar extension R.J. Barrett got a 120 million dollar extension which I think were fair contracts based on their production level is that Hunter is about 80 percent of the player that R.J. Barrett is, but again, those dudes are the third best players on teams that are getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs. I know the Knicks made it to the second round of the playoffs this year, but the they are the third best players, or in the case of R.J. Barrett, trying to be the second best player on teams that are getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs. And I guess Julius Randle made All-NBA and an All-Star team, so I guess Randle, Brunson, and Barrett are the three best players on the Knicks. But the Knicks and the Hawks follow such similar timelines and both teams have decided our team is predicated on undersized guards. And if both teams want to make that leap, I would have thought they would have tried to package Trey Young in a deal to get a star player better than Trey Young. And again, Zion Williamson being available is so tempting. It's so tempting. If you can get Zion Williamson and the and the New Orleans Pelicans want to build around Trey Young and C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, it's so tempting. It's so, so tempting to make that trade if you're the Atlanta Hawks. But the Atlanta Hawks have kind of made the call that they aren't really interested in any of the Trey Young trade talks. They want to build around Trey Young and bring a third star player around Trey Young. I don't think they can get Paul George with DeAndre Hunter. I don't think they can get Pascal Siakam with a deal packaged around DeAndre Hunter. Because, again, they gave up all their draft picks. Granted, they have picked 15 in this year's draft, and that pick holds some level of value going forward. But it's not a deal to be the centerpiece of acquiring a superstar. An end-of-lottery draft pick will get you Kevin Herter. Because, remember, they traded Kevin Herter for a lottery-protected draft pick. Pick 15 is good enough to get you Kevin Herter, and Kevin Herter is not good enough to get you an all-star teammate as the centerpiece of a trade. Now, granted, maybe DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter at the centerpiece of a trade is good enough to get you Carl Anthony Towns, which in this case, the trade would probably be Bogdan Bogdanovich and DeAndre Hunter and John Collins and pick 15 to get Carl Anthony Towns. That could probably get it done. Probably won't get it done to get Paul George, but probably could get it done to get a third star who is kind of alongside with DeJounte Murray, a fringe all-star. But the Hawks don't really need a fringe all-star at this point. The Atlanta Hawks need a number one better than Trey Young. And if they're betting on Trey Young's development and Trey Young returning to an all-NBA level... I mean, I hope that it works out for them, and I hope that Trey Young with Quinn Snyder is enough to make a leap for them to maybe get out of the play-in, but their problem is just they don't have the value to compete in the East, and there's nothing they can do free agent-wise, and there's nothing trade-wise that they can do in order to become contenders in the Eastern Conference. And that's okay. I think the best case scenario for them is to just find ways to improve if they're going to stay in that Chicago Bulls territory. They don't want to tank, they don't want to hit the reset. Just find little ways to improve here and there because maybe you're betting on one or two more years of Trey Young and him being the best player on your team. I would I would be more open to looking for a trade. Not necessarily a reset trade, because again, you don't want to be bad in 2025 when your draft pick goes to the San Antonio Spurs. If you're bad in 2027 and your draft pick goes to the San Antonio Spurs, them's the breaks on that one. But the Atlanta Hawks could spend money and just be the the Wizards. Like, they don't have to full-scale tank once it all goes south for them. They could just, like, be the Washington Wizards for a few years And then tear it to the ground once they get all their draft picks back. But that's five years from now. They don't have to worry about five years from now. Five years from now, Trey Young probably won't be on the Atlanta Hawks anymore. Either by his contract coming up and them trading him for some sort of value with one year left on the deal, him signing a gigantic extension and them wanting to get off of the gigantic extension. Like Odds are low that any NBA player lasts 10 years in the same place. Shit, the Sacramento Kings have literally never had a player on their team there for 10 years. It's just highly unlikely that the current version of the Atlanta Hawks will look the same as the Atlanta Hawks five years from now. And in the short term, maybe you jumpstart the Trey Young situation because maybe Zion Williamson is the guy who is your anchor for the next five years. I know I would bet on a team of Zion Williamson, Carl Anthony Towns, and DeJounte Murray going forward maybe not for next season but going forward I would bet on that team because Zion Williamson has a higher ceiling potentially than Trey Young. And I know Zion Williamson ain't in the best uh of scenarios right now in terms of standing with the league. I would take a swing on that one just if it's available if you can straight up flip Trey Young for Zion Williamson, I'm contemplating it. It'll at least keep them competitive for the next few years. Until Zion Williamson eventually emerges into the MVP caliber player or generational caliber player we're hoping he could be. And if he does become the face of the Luka, Zion, John Morant generation, then Atlanta's got themselves some business. Maybe a contender in the Eastern Conference once all these guys who are in their primes start to age out. Or maybe Trey Young is that guy. I would bet on Zion Williamson more than I would bet on Trey Young because Trey Young and Jalen Brunson are very comparable players. And if I told you right now, you could flip Jalen Brunson for Zion Williamson, New York Knicks fans would do it in a heartbeat heartbeat. Trey Young is a very good player. He's going to be one of the second tier guys of his generation. You know, the generation going forward, which is about guys drafted between 2018 and 2022 which are people who will enter their physical primes in about three or four years. The best players in that generation, the guys who might win MVPs are Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, John ja Morant, Anthony Edwards, and then you get into a next tier of guys with Trey Young, with Lamelo Ball, with someone who we may not know as a star who's emerging as a star right before our very eyes. Shea Gilgis Alexander also in that group of stars who have a chance of winning MVPs and making all NBAs. That generation's coming, and Trey Young is not gonna be better than a team with Luca, or a team built around Zion incompetence, or a team built around John ja Morant incompetence. And the Atlanta Hawks have proven that they are not really good at the whole building a team, a competent team around Trey Young. The best, the best scenario they had, which was when they spent all their money on some mid-level free agents like Bogdanovich and Gallinari and Chris Dunn and trading for Clint Capella along with John Collins and Kevin Herter. The best they did was become the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference who got a magical upset. One of the biggest long shot upsets in, in recent NBA playoff history, the Hawks beating the 76ers in 2021. That was the best they could do building around Trey Young. And it worked out swimmingly for the Atlanta Hawks. They were the 4th or 5th best team in the Eastern Conference. And they happened to go on a magical run to the Eastern Conference Finals. And if the best they can build around Trey Young is the 4th or 5th best team in the East, Trey Young is probably not going to be the caliber of player to take them over the hump. And so I'm really interested to see where they go next. What is the next move for the Atlanta Hawks? And the draft is today, and there's going to be all sorts of movement and possibilities. And I'm sure we're going to have all the breakdown coming up as the next couple weeks lead into NBA free agency and possible trades. Not a Damian Lillard trade because he's staying in Portland as long as he wants to stay in Portland. But maybe there's some smaller names who get traded. What's going to happen? We'll find out in the next 24 to 48 hours. And you can stay tuned into to the Take It Easy podcast and continue all of your support. We thank you so much for tuning in today. We've got episodes and going back again and again and again. We've got a whole database of episodes here on the Take It Easy podcast that you can listen to. We appreciate you so much for continuing to support our show and support our work. We will be back again tomorrow with more nba draft coverage on our fourth anniversary of the take it easy podcast we'll talk to you again tomorrow and in the meantime take it easy it's the most wonderful day of the year There'll be ping-pong balls falling, the lottery's calling to fill us with cheer! It's the most wonderful day of the year! It's the half-happiest day of them all! Spurs and pistons and blazers, jazz wizards and pacers hope to hear names called. It's the half happiest day of the year. Teams have lied about tanking, except Houston's drunk ravings. Fertita says pray for Wemby. Maverick's tanking with Luca, they're smoking that hookah. They need a pick in the top ten. It's the most wonderful day of the year. If the numbers are matching, your team will be drafting a star for seven years on the most wonderful day of the year. Go, Rockets. Hey, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so ready for Victor.